Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Kira's been in touch with us and she wants to know if there's any update on Kids Holy Communions. It's just going on too long, says Kira. My daughter was cancelled twice already and she's outgrowing her dress, which I'm sure there are a lot of other little girls and boys outgrowing out of their dresses and suits as well. It's just so unfair that they can't go into God's house and have their big day. I mean, there's over half of our country uh, after their COVID injection and more than the first one got and they need... To give us more uh, of a sure date, it's so upsetting for the kids and the moms and the dads. Well, listening to Ronan there in the bulletin at 11 o'clock, uh, they're going to be giving some guidance today about weddings. And as soon as that's done, people are going to ask the question, you know, if the adults are allowed to have their events, why can't the kids have theirs? Have you heard anything from the diocese or from your local parish, any update as to when your child's communion or confirmation might take place? And, you know, I know people will say, oh, it's only clothes and everything, but it's an important part of the day. It's important part of the tradition for people. And they, they do have to buy them often well in advance and kids grow quickly. So I understand Kira's dilemma there. If you have any thoughts on it, WhatsApp or text 0861239595. Now it's week four of our Women's Health Series. And this morning we are talking to Dr. Beatrice Neufeld from the Personal Medical Clinic in Castle Troy about the topic of menopause. And this always gets the phone lines hopping. Good morning to you, Beatrice. Lovely to be on the show, Dillian. Nice to talk to you. And you too. So the symptoms of menopause, we've all heard some of them, you you know, the hot flushes um, being the the very popular one that people mention, but there's plenty more. Absolutely. You know, as the ovaries retire in apostrophes, we see more irregular periods. So they could be shorter cycles, in other words, closer together. The hot flushes, not every woman experiences. It might be a chill or it might be a short night sweat. Uh, other symptoms would be, you know, the, the uh, changes of the vagina, vaginal dryness, painful intercourse, thinning of hair, maybe the breast fullness changes. And I want to particularly stress the uh, symptoms that can affect your sleep. So you might have sleep problems, you might have mood changes, depression, anger, anxiety. And also physically, you might gain weight, or that's to do with the slowing down of the metabolism. But you might also have achy bones or achy muscles or feel that you're less flexible, say, in your yoga class or something. Why is it that so many women Hmm. don't actually get diagnosed when going through menopause? You know, I think it has to do with with those widespread, with this variety of symptoms. So if a woman does not show the classical symptoms and her periods might still be regular and she might go to a doctor with, uh, you know, achy bones, she might get loads of x-rays. Or if particularly what I'm very passionate about is the misdiagnosis of of, uh, the, uh, of mental health problems. So that maybe a perfectly healthy woman goes to the doctor and says, you know, lately I'm anxious to drive in the car and I I can't sleep and I wake up with palpitation and my life is just too much for me and uh, I'm depressed one day and then I'm really angry and lash out at my husband and my kids and then they might say oh you know she's overwhelmed with her work or she's this when indeed these are actually menopausal symptoms that can be fixed you know. And what is the most common way to, to fix them is it HRT? 
Yeah, so it, uh, I must stress that the treatment has to be terribly individualized. It depends on the woman's health, on where she is in menopause, what her background medical uh, health is, and really what she wants, because menopause is not an illness. It's an incredibly drastic and, and uh, uh, impacting change in your life of, of uh, hormonal change that can have an impact. So the treatment has to suit the woman. Uh, in the personal medical clinic, we work with body identical hormone treatment, which means we are replacing on a very low level the hormones that your body knows lifelong. And uh, we also always check that the women uh, who can still be fertile have good contraception. So sometimes it is handy to combine the two, to, for example, give um, an IUD, like a Marina device, that would shelter the endometrium, the womb lining, while giving maybe a transdermal uh, estradiol application, which is very healthy, and some, say, DHEA for testosterone replacement. So you do, do see already... Help, do, those contraceptive devices, do they actually have any impact on the symptoms of menopause? <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, it, it depends. So, for instance... Uh, if we take the marina device, it has a positive impact because it thins the lining, so it makes it much more comfortable for women uh, to not experience the flooding or the heavy periods. They have contraception, and you know they it's discussed as a protection for endometrium cancer down the line. Uh, so sometimes when the periods are not there because the marina is in place, it can mask the menopause. But your doctor should be able to run uh, certain hormones and to obviously go by the symptoms, the other symptoms the woman presents with. You know, it's not a hormonal diagnosis. It's really important to see that the woman is the priority with her symptoms and not what you see on paper. Is there a particular age that women should get tested? Like, I mean, uh, what, what, what age are we looking at for menopause? So, you know, probably late 30s, your ovaries start to produce less hormones. Then in the 40s, you might experience longer or shorter cycles, heavier, lighter periods, all that kind of thing. And uh, the average age of memory, now average is important to stress, is 51. That's when your ovaries cease to produce eggs. Irish and Icelandic women genetically go through menopause later. So we, we see a later onset of menopause, whereas Mediterranean women go through menopause a little bit earlier. And we don't know why there's a genetic factor. But, you know, you should always get tested when you're producing symptoms. If you if you can't sleep and you have to change your sheets or your pajamas twice at night and you wake up, your life is all too much for you and you can't sleep and you're anxious and you're, uh, you know, you don't know yourself anymore. A lot of women say to me, this is not me. This is somebody else. This is not who I know. And I want to have myself back. I want to be functioning again. And, you know, I, I, I have um, women who are very high up in management and they say, you know, the man spotted and all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm vulnerable because they spot weaknesses in me. And the competitive factor of, of this big company means that now I, I'm more vulnerable and, and uh, I just want to be back in my capacity. So, you know, it, it has such an impact from your sex life when your vagina is dry and there's no lubrication and intercourse is painful. The, you know, it can break up a whole marriage because the topic is not talked about. And I think the men are 
terribly important here. It's very important that men know about menopause so they are compassionate and they can understand what's going on, particularly as it often inter, you know, it, it, it coincides with men having less uh, uh, hormones and, and going through, you know, something similar to menopause, a decline of hormones where maybe their sexual function is different, they might also gain weight, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Yeah, because actually the, the weight gain that you mentioned there, it's funny because Marina in Dora Doyle has been in touch. She said she never had any issues with her weight, but since starting menopause, she's started to put on a lot more weight and she wants to know, is that common? Yeah, so what I would say to Marina is that it's due to your metabolism slowing down. So the weight gain is because in menopause, not only the ovaries cease working, but your, your thyroid, your pancreas, your whole metabolism slows down. So it's it's terribly difficult. You might put on weight in the middle when you were never you never had issues with weight in the middle. So it might be important to look at your diet, eat less, eat, eat maybe less high calorie food, exercise a little bit more, and adjust. Then Jing from Raheen wants to know. She's been diagnosed also with menopause. She's having hot flushes, uh, issues sleeping. She also is finding that she's actually losing her hair. That must yes. be really upsetting. Yes, and very common and extremely upsetting. Uh, it's usually the male hair pattern loss, so, you know, the, the, the higher uh, um, temples and thinning of hair. Um, it's rarely that hair falls out in, in, in big patches. It's more a gradual process, and that indeed has to do with the hormones changing, sometimes due to the fact that the female hormones drop and the male hormones don't drop as much. So there's, relatively speaking, more male hormone about. Now, that does not affect every woman. Some women have less male hormone about and need a replacement. So you hear how I'm trying to bring across how individual uh, every woman has to be addressed in her menopause. It's terribly important. Are there ways of preventing some of these symptoms? Well, you see, menopause is not an illness. It's an aging process. So when we're talking about preventing, we're talking about easing a process. And also the rationale of implementing a treatment has to be that this is perhaps lifelong because we are in need of a certain amount of hormones to function, to have elastic bones to prevent osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, urinary tract incontinence, which is all due to a loss of elasticity uh, being in the bone, being in the density of the bone or the vaginal tissue. So, you know, uh, prevention is really, um, I'm not sure about this word, it's just a, a moment in time where you're slowing down an aging process to give the woman a much better quality of life, a longer life expectancy. So if you compare women who are on body-identical hormone replacement and who are not, if you compare 70-year-olds, they have a much higher incidence of dementia, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, and uh, stroke risk. So uh, there is a protective factor for women that goes away, and beyond 50, we join the, the men with the risk for, for myocardial infarction and stroke. So a small amount of this about prevents a, a huge amount of diseases that you can die from. So life expectancy 
uh, gets much greater, much bigger when you are on a treatment. But it must not be six months, oh, yeah, then you're through and then you're off. It's not a transition. You go through a door and then, oh, bye-bye, now you can age, you can decay. It's a smart way of implementing something where you you indeed never know about menopause. Do, you just Does that mean that somebody could be on HRT for life? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. But, and, but I don't there like has been... HRT, it's important to stress that HRT is an old word that comes from synthetical hormones that were indeed not very healthy for women. Yeah, because there was a lot of controversy. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there was a myth, there was a million women study in the late 90s. And, you know, people who are in the field kind of probably knew that the data wasn't really taken that cleanly, that there were women uh, in the study that were already very unhealthy. So there was more pathology, but also the substances were used are now obsolete. They should not be used, you know, like a combined progestin or estrogen swallowed has a completely different action to something through the skin where your liver and kidney never need to detox this substance. And, you know, I'm, I'm also saying there are different ways of approaching it. You know, it's not only body identical hormone replacement, which is very, very good because it's a one-on-one match to what you have. But there are different methods and some women cannot take hormones. So they must maybe get a, get some information on uh, there are some blood pressure tablets, for instance, that stop hot flashes. Women with migraine might need different treatments, sometimes beta blockers, sometimes, you know, cyclic use of anti-migraine treatment. Uh, there might be uh, an openness for um, herbal remedies, but they, again, have to be very specifically prescribed to the woman because the woman with, say, borderline high blood pressure, if you give her sage, that can throw her blood pressure from borderline into hypertension. Mm. So, you know, you need to know about your herbs to be able to prescribe them. You know, going back to what you said earlier, that it's it's important that men are aware of the symptoms yes. um, to, and they should show compassion. Yeah. I often think sometimes women are the worst for showing a lack of compassion because there are some women who sail through certain uh, events in life. Some women sail through childbirth birth some women never have uh, a difficult period in their life um, and yeah. you know no pain yeah. and uh, it lasts for two days some women uh, uh, sail through menopause and yes. you know it's it's equally important I suppose for us to recognize that it can be very very normal for other women to have extreme symptoms that are very debilitating because I've heard them they contacted the show before in the past yeah. um, really you know life changing symptoms where they, they just can't go about their daily life as they once did because yeah. they're going through the menopause and sometimes it's women are, who are less sympathetic than the men even. Yeah you know we, we had a few shows on before and I think uh, it is like a rat race. You remember early on I talked about this manager and she said it was like a pack of wolves just waiting for me to leave to, to you know, to, to pull, pull me asunder. And the, the, the issue is that our whole society lacks compassion in many fields, in many humanistical areas. And uh, it is often the case that, you know, oh, don't, don't make such a fuss. Why do you think there's such a stigma on menopause? You know, have women trying to hide it when, you know, that question you had earlier, how do we prevent it? I actually think how women hide that they're menopausal. They, they, I, I used to work with someone who pretended she still had her periods at 56 because she wasn't, didn't want to be seen menopausal. And, you know, 
it, unless this happens, what you're doing today, unless you bring it out, unless women talk and unless you involve men and say, you know, you guys need to talk, if sex was good and all of a sudden it's an ordeal, you know, it can be fixed. You need to, you need to start talking. But if there's this stigma that maybe a woman doesn't even want to tell her husband, you know, I have a dry vagina because we use some lubricants to pretend, you know, it's the whole society. And I agree, yes, it's also women who are lacking compassion, but we are in a society that denies aging, that where, you know, young is good and young is, is, is the standard. And aging does not have an, uh, you know, an aspect anymore of, of something achievable where you gain wisdom and you have experience and you share that and somebody else values that. Are they and the benefits any, of menopause, so though? Absolutely. And if you look into other uh, traditions, I, I once wrote uh, The Making of Menopause with an anthropologist, uh, Sandra Delaney from Dublin. And Sarah and I... Um, looked into different cultural experiences of menopause. And in Japan, women who age uh, reach a different status. They are, you know, the wise women. Same in native Indian uh, tribes. The older woman is is very highly respected. And, you know, I don't want to romanticize this or anything, but I I really think that unless menopause is addressed, as a a sector. And, you know, I also think there's a financial sector. Women should have free access to menopausal assessments. It can be quite expensive. In our clinic, we do five cancer screenings with the menopausal assessment. We do hormone screenings. You know, it is private. We, We pay for it, so we have to pass it on. This should be free. You know, women should have, uh, there are only very few menopausal experts in Ireland. The women should have access to that, same as I believe young women should have access to free contraception. You know, there is a a female health issue that isn't addressed. um, And even in politics, even though I never get involved in that in your program with this, but I feel very strongly about women's health matters, you know. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there for this morning, but some uh, strong points being made there, and I'm sure many of our listeners will agree with you on that point of it all being free. And I think we can all learn a lot from Japan in terms of how they treat their older people, and they live a lot longer than the rest of us as well. Uh, But for now, Dr. Beatrice Neufeld from the Personal Medical Clinic in Castle Troy, good morning, and thanks for joining us on the programme. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.